Hey guys, it's Marsha Hoffines, and you are listening to the Storytellers Podcast, where we dig in, go deep, find ourselves, maybe cry, maybe laugh. We surrender, but we go home, and we go home big. We feel inspired. It's the story behind the cellophane. It's the story inside the truth. It's a story that most people don't want to tell, but we're here to share. Let's get started. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Storytellers Podcast. I hope you guys have been having an amazing summer so far. Um, I can't believe that we are in the heat and the thick of it. This has been probably, I'm going to say, one of the craziest years of my life. Um, And I'm not necessarily sure. Well, actually, let me not say that. I was going to say I'm not sure we're ever going to see one like this again. But who knows what's going to happen in a year. 30 days from now is going to look totally different than it does right now. But I thank you all for hanging in there with me and for continuing to listen and um, share the podcast. I'm so happy that you're enjoying it. And the stories that we are introducing to you um, are helping you heal and grow and feel connected and feel supported on your journey in life. So today, I'm super excited to be here with the new Keller. Vinu and I met, um, my last guest, Chris and I met the same way. Um, Somebody was asking about podcasts in a group that we're in and I put mine up and she was like, I'd love to be a guest. And her and I had started talking and we just, it's like fireworks and magic. Um, And I, and I've been talking a lot. If you're doing any of the coursework with me or attending any of my yoga classes or movement classes, you've been hearing me talk a lot about when you clear your energy, when you start to really chip away at the different layers of yourself and you allow yourself to expand out, you start to, the reflection starts to come back to you. So I've been in this massive space of clearing out some old relationships opening myself up to new relationships. And what's been happening is people are appearing all over the place. And I, it's just no mistake. And it's um, not by coincidence that we are sitting here today. So Vinu is an author. She is a coach. She is a survivor. Um, She is really super inspiring. You guys should go, please check her out. I'll have all of her information, um, how to find her on Instagram and how to find her um, on Facebook. She is a, um, would you call yourself a family coach? Like a a parent? Yes. Yep, yep. And I'm gonna let her talk a little bit about that as well. But she um, is every type of mom that you could, we talked about this and let me see if I can get this right. She's a mom of multiples. She is a grandmother. She is a, um, stepmother. Mm-hmm. She is a, you, you went through all of them. What are the other mothers? And so I, I'm now a married mom, married but I was mom, a single mom single for mom. years. I'm a stepmom. I've co-parented with my ex-husband. Yes. I love it. So, and, and, and to me, I'm like, that's amazing. It makes me, you know, I always tell people when they're like, where are you in the order of your very large family? I'm, I'm like, I'm the youngest middle middle and oldest child. So it's always a very unique um, position to be in. But Vinu has been um, using her life as her platform to um, 
find her calling, right? She draws, she's drawn upon her experience um, of being a mother, of being a daughter, of being a wife to create these amazing programs where she goes into people's homes and she helps them turn around their life. People call her the family whisperer. Um, but I think really, if you met her, she's, she's actually just this amazing, vibrant personality. And her mission is really to instill passion and instill um, courage and strength and um, belief in children, right? To make them understand that they're valued and to help parents not miss the critical moments that most of us miss because a lot of times we are 10 times, 10 steps ahead of where we need to be and we're not present in the moment. So I'm so excited that you are here with us today and we're going to get started with this conversation. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. And I'm just going to say like, you're spot on, you know, you are spot on with, you know, one of my new quotes I just came up with, um, in the last few days is that our past is our stepping stone to where we're at and where we're going. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you talk, you talk a little bit about how life is what you, you make it and you focus on failing. You're going to be stuck in the failure, right? And the meaning of life is to, when we shift our mindset to moving into failing and learning, um, we're able to be, expansive and open we are yeah. i think the biggest issue is like we hear this right it's like it's so easy to listen to a podcast or go <clears throat> to a training and it's like you know you make what you want you make what you want and you know at that moment i was like 34 years old and i'm like i make what i want like i chose to be depressed i chose to want to be suicidal like i'm just finding i'm trying to find the answer still tell yeah. me what the answer is to this crazy life tell me right. why I was bullied. Tell me why I don't feel good enough. Like, and tell me if I'm in control of this, how could I control those people not to bully me? How could I control right. my mom to see my greatness? How can I control like, and it was so confusing, you know? And the moment I realized if I could take every situation in my life, everything that I blamed for the reason of why I'm here right now. And I found the gift in it. Holy cow mind-blowing right 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 yep. so and that's honestly the secret of who I am yeah well I, tell, us, tell us a little bit about who you are about this big secret of who you are because I, I love <laughs> I love how you just you just jumped right in and her and I were we were kind of writing back and forth and um she's like well if I know anything from talking to you the first time this is just gonna go wherever it happens to go <laughs> And it's so true. And that is the beauty of, um, of the way this podcast goes. So you have a, a very powerful history, a very powerful journey. You know, I use the word story and I don't use it lightly. Each one of us has a powerful story. Your story captivated me. Your story like really like pulled me in. And in, in, in hearing you say what you just said, one of the things that I, I talk about and I teach and I know for myself is sometimes you hear it, you hear the message and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or then you're like, eh, fuck you. It's not my fault that I felt this way. It's not my fault that this person did to it, this to me. But as soon as you flip that switch 
and you're able to receive the message. It's like the message passes through your brain and it hits you in the belly of your heart. Like the second it hits you there, you see everything in such a different way. When was that moment for you? Where were you in life? What was going on? So um, I was 13 the first time I started to pray to God to not let me wake up. You know, so I just want you to imagine, go back to your 13-year-old self. What were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? What was important to you? For me, what was important to me is to be accepted by my peer group. It was for me to fit in. It was for me to be invited to parties, like birthday parties. It was for me wanting to be invited to stay the night at someone's house. It was for me um, having, wanting, yearning for that home life for us to sit at the table together and, you know, do what I saw other families do. And I had none of that. And so it was like, you know, I'm 13. If this is what life is about, like, why, why me, God, why do you let me wake up to endure this pain every day of my life? You know, there's a statistics that 160,000 kids won't go to school today. Um, and it's not because of Corona. It's because they're afraid they're going to get bullied. Okay. And I was that statistic. Like I would make up so many excuses and my mom was like, get me a thermometer. You don't have a temperature, get to school. And I'm like, Oh my God, how can I pretend to have a fever now? Like what can I do? Right. It was that bad. And what I realized in that moment is that I had control of whether I wanted to continue to live or I can say it's over, but I was so afraid to hurt myself because I didn't want to feel pain because I have like no pain tolerance um, that I just thought, well, they say, if you pray for it, God will answer your prayers. Mm. Well, yeah. I believed in that. And the irony of me being alive is all about God and my faith in God. <laughs> and you know, it's those unanswered prayers. Right. And right. so, so at 13, I'm laying in bed saying, God, please don't let me wake up. Like if you love me, you'll just like not let me wake up. I want to die in my sleep. So fast forward um, to adulthood, um, you know, my mom sent me to boarding school at 16. I had just done um, two months in a psych hospital. Um, I was a self-harmer. I tried to take my life at 15. Um, and now she's like, well, you know, you, it's, it's America. Like, we got to get you out of here. So they sent me to boarding school for the last years of my high school. Um, I ended up hating my mom mm -hmm. um, from the time I was 16 to the, about the time I was 34. Like, I think 34 was my pivot. Um, I got married young. As soon as I got back from India, I met a Marine. He said he loved me. And since I didn't know what love was, I didn't know what it felt like. And that's the other thing is like, love yourself. Well, if you don't know what that is and you don't know what that feels oh. like, it's very hard to say, love yourself. Okay. I love oh, me, yes. but do I? <laughs> no. And nobody I ever asked me, Vinu, what does that feel like? What would it feel like if you loved yourself? I don't know. Yeah. You know, but yet love yourself. Right. That is self-belief, self-love, self-celebration, self-awareness is the hardest thing, <laughs> particularly as a, a wounded young woman. And I, I can relate to you on your desire to be liked. I can relate to you on the bullying. I can, I feel 
all of that so deeply because that's a lot of my story too. And man, I played that shit out up until just a couple of years ago. Actually, I'm probably still playing it out. In fact, I know I am because it keeps popping up in the weirdest ways. It and just, you're right. It still does. I mean, we could say that we've done the work and I have, but like, let's just be real and raw. Like shit still comes up for me. You know, I'm in this like amazing mastermind group with, you know, some of my fellow um, colleagues that, you know, um, I um, am a trainer with and we were talking and all of a sudden I'm crying because that little Venu, I've just avoided her. I'm like, oh, I've worked on her. She's good. I'm good. Now let me go teach this. And yet what I did is suppress that moment of, oh, I get to choose my life. So if I just ignore that and teach about it, find the gift then I've healed. Right. But yet I wasn't. And like this to me is part of my healing by me sharing my message in a new way. Like if you listen to this and you go back to my talks from 10 years ago, talking about this back then it was a stepping stone again to really create the healing process for me. Yeah. But this is my true healing by sharing with people that these wounds that are wide open now, I don't hide behind them. I don't pretend to be something I'm not. This is it, real and raw. Just like my dog. He's concurring with me. <laughs> you know, it's like this Dog's is welcome. Yeah. You know, it's this is what I feel. This is what I go through. And, you know, I cry with it and I feel her because I have to go and give little Venu the love and the worth that I have now. And I have to go back and I have to tell her that. And so I did, I went and I did ayahuasca and I got to be reborn. I got to hold her. I got to tell her all these beautiful things she's doing in the world. I got to tell her that, you know what, bear with what you're going to go through because this is your gift. Yeah. It hurts now because you need to feel it because when you feel it, you're going to be able to get in and relate to those going through it. Cause you know, exactly the internal feeling, that pain that hurt your heart, that took your breath away. Mm -hmm. You're the only one that's going to be able to help these people because you went through it. So just know sweetheart that you are loved and you are cherished and you, this is your calling on this earth. You are here to inspire. Yeah. And in order to do so, you have to go through it. So just know I'm here to support you and I love you and you are beautiful and don't let anybody take that away from you. You were born the right color. You were born the right race. You were born the right name. You were born in the right body. Right. You were born with the right mind. Everything that you were born with, you have. So you're not going to appreciate it, but I want you to know that there's going to be a time that you really are. And I'm going to tell you, Marsha, that was my pivot. That was my yeah. pivot. And now I'm almost 47. And this epiphany came to me literally like a month ago. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I did ayahuasca two years ago. Oh, this year and last year. But like that journey of ayahuasca was two years ago, but it's still in me working in me and giving me the understanding of when I held me and what that meant. And to get like, I literally saw the whole me coming together in my mom's womb yeah. and hearing the language of my mom, not wanting kids and her feeling like my dad raped her. And I grew up with all this stuff that was just in my soul being created in that. And that was the trajectory that God said, I choose you. Mm -hmm. I choose you. And that's so beautiful. The way you outline all of that. And one of the things that we work on a lot in 
um, my makeshift happen programming is that going back in and finding that seventh grade self, that 10 year old self, wherever it is. And a lot of times it's a different age and you've got to find that picture and you've got to look at that little girl, that little boy, and you've got to hold their hand. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you're absolutely right. You'll let it go for a little while. And then all of a sudden they just grab it back. And it's like, no, no. But it's like you, you're a different age and it's a different lesson and it's a different message that's being sent. Sometimes it's from a parent. Sometimes it's from a school teacher. Sometimes it's from a friend or a sibling. And all of a sudden it's there and it's in your face and you're like, shit, I thought I think, nope, you got more work to do. You got another layer. It's like, you know, in the opening of the, um, of the podcast, I say it's the story behind the cellophane, right? And it's like, it's like, if we're just wrapped in cellophane, we just keep on pulling like that sticky, you, you think you can mm -hmm. see through it, but then, oh no, there's more layers. There's more layers. So you keep saying that this was your pivot. Was this, where, where were you in time and space and what was so, happening in your life? Right. So, um, it was ironic. Um, you know, like you opened up this podcast, just saying like, when you, when you're ready, the right people appear. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't know I was ready, but I was ready. And I happened to go with a friend of Florida and I happened to meet her best friend's daughter who happened to work for Tony Robbins. And, um, you know, like him or hate him, the, what he teaches, if you use it, I'm a walking living person to say it works. Me too. Um, you and I sister right here. Woo! So I was, I was at that seminar and okay. So I'm going to give you a visual. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Um, I am on a budget. I'm a single mom. Um, my boys, oh gosh, my boys were like probably 12 and uh, seven, eight, something like that. Um, they're now 26 and 21, by the way. So we do, we did survive. <laughs> um, and I had $20 to my name. I put everything on a credit card. Um, I have never gone really anywhere by myself. I was one of those people that would wait in my car if we we're going to meet at the bar until you were there so we could walk in together. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm just giving you this visual. So I get to Atlanta. It's a one flight from where I'm at. And the person who's supposed to be there is not there. I am taking my Xanax. I've already taken my antidepressant. I'm like freaking out. I'm walking all over the Atlanta airport. And by the way, Atlanta airport has one of those, um, those train things. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't even see it cause I'm walking along the side of it, complaining, crying, having a panic attack. You're not here. Where are you? You, you know, I gotta go home. I gotta go home. And like, I was freaking out. And she calls me back and she goes, look, I'm still in my crew meeting. I cannot get away. But you know what? You're going to be okay. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to go back. I got to go back. This is not for me. I don't know why. I'm going to get raped. You want me to get on a taxi by myself? I'm going to get raped. I like, I can't do this. And I'm freaking out. And it's like, I tell this story and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like that was really me. Mm -hmm. And so I get in this taxi, I get there and I'm knocking on the door and no one's answering. And I'm like, this is another sign. I shouldn't be here because the guy that was in the room was sleeping and so he didn't hear me. And so I'm like, oh my God, I can't go to the front desk. Like I was panicking every step of the way. Then I get to the event the next day and I'm not in the computer. I was like, what? <laughs> and I have to stand in a two hour line at customer service after I've just been in an hour line to check in. And now I have another two hour line at customer service 
but I am told I'm going to get in. Tony is on stage now. I am freaking out because I'm that person at that time that if I'm not there at the beginning of the movie, then I'm not going to see the movie because right, I'm going right, to miss right. it all. You're going to miss the whole thing. Yep. And my friend is like, Vinu, we already got you a good seat. It's okay. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. And now I'm in this place. People are jumping up and down and I'm like, holy hell, I'm in a cult. Like, yeah. where she am I? And massage don't touch me hug you guys smell like can I just be in my bubble like does this man on stage not understand personal space no and <laughs> I'm running out smoking cigarettes because that was my go-to um I was really waiting for the thing to get over so I can go get a beer and I was like freaked out and then all of a sudden they're like you're gonna walk on fire and they wanted me to sign this release thing. And I'm like, oh, my mom's a lawyer. That means I'm going to burn my feet off because if you don't want to be sued, that means that I can burn my feet off and I'm not signing this. And they're like, well, we can't let you in unless you sign. Well, obviously I signed and now it was really happening. And I'm like, cool moss walk on fire. Oh, hell no. <laughs> like this place is like crazy. Like, why am I here again? And I would not write in my manual because it had to be perfect, but I have a huge legal pad that I'm just taking notes. And then all of a sudden he talks about that person that has so much energy. That's always being told to calm down. I'm like, Oh my God, he's talking to me. And I swear to God, Tony was looking at me. He wasn't looking at any other person. He was just talking to Venu. And he's like, have you ever felt like, you know, no matter what you did, Everybody's like, calm down, calm down. I'm like, oh my God, yes. And he's like, and then they want to say you're ADHD. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. And he's like, they're jealous. I'm like, what? They're jealous of me. Now, this is the girl that never felt accepted. And now this man is telling me that everybody's jealous of me. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. What else do you want to say? And I got to pee, but I'm not leaving because this man <laughs> is talking to me. So guys, if you've never been to a Tony Robbins, <laughs> unleash the personal, your power within or date with destiny. This is like, I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm cracking up because it's like you are in this place with tens of thousands of people and you are convinced that he is like in your mind giving you exactly the message that you want to hear right at the, it is amazing. And it is so crazy listening to you, Vinu, tell the story because I am like, while our storylines are different, a lot of little pieces are very, very similar. And I'm like, I'm like, yes. Yes. And my experience with signing it, it's so funny. My name was in the computer, but I was pissed off because people were fucking cutting line. And I was like, do you guys not see the line? I was like this big joke that my friend and I had. She was like, Marsha, chill out. I was like, no, they're line cutters. Like, what are they doing? And now I'm like, eh, go ahead. I don't care. It's so funny. These little like patterns that we hold on to, that we show up to places with. Right. We just need to be like, it's like we need to explode and like just have it all blown up and be in a million tiny little pieces. And then it can all, only the right pieces start to come back together again. Right. And so fast forward, I walked on fire. I was like the Energizer bunny with like 50,000 Energizer battery packs on me at this point. And my friend's like, wait till day three. I'm like, it gets better. Like, I just walked on fire. 
Yeah. Like what? And I'm going to tell you, when you say, what was that pivot? It was day three. And after going through that process, you could have wrung out my jeans with all the snot and the tears I cried. And, um, I made a decision that day. I made a decision to live. I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew and I'm, I'm emotional, right? Cause it's yeah. like, that was the hardest decision I ever made in my life. I spent 21 years waiting for that day for 2016 to come because my kids would be 18. They wouldn't need me anymore. I've done my job. They wouldn't have to go with my alcoholic ex-husband who abused me. Like I'm good. I can go. Like this is what God put me on here. God put me on here to raise my kids and I can go. And all of a sudden day three, 21 years of knowing that life is almost over and I can celebrate that. I had to realize that I was going to live and um, no clue what that looked like. But Tony said two things, you know, um, you get to choose what that looks like from this point on. Mm -hmm. And it starts with self-love. And I'm like, okay, so what is that going to look like to me? And, and that's why I said in the beginning of this, like I was so confused because I didn't understand the definition of self-love. Um, I didn't know what it felt like. So even if I did have it, I probably missed it. Um, I didn't know what to feel like look like, smelt like, like I had no sense of self-love and, um, you know, I was on a journey. Um, it's been now 13 years and I'm still learning self-love. I'm still being able to look in the mirror and see me for me and stop beating myself up for being Brown and stop beating myself up for, you know, all the stuff I've said in my life or all the times that I was inappropriate or all the, you know, the, you know, the times I was in the bar and doing stupid things like stop it, stop it, appreciate it. Because you know what? It was that moment in my life that I realized it was just a stepping stone and I am who I am today because of it. There's nothing wrong with me. There was nothing ever wrong with me. But what I did learn is what can I do to be the best version of me? And that's how I got into this whole parenting thing. And yeah. that's why I tell people like when you take your kid to a psychologist and it's not working because they're going by textbook. I have a degree in psychology. I get it. I know right. what the textbooks say, but they're not asking the right question. So when I say that I was on this journey that God chose me to go through is because I know now the question. I know what I needed to be asked that I was never asked. Mm -hmm. That would have changed my whole trajectory. So thank God I wasn't asked then because right. I wouldn't know who I am today. But the question is, what do you need right now and what's missing? What mm -hmm. is missing? Because if I was asked that, I could have said, I feel so alone. I mean, I felt loved. I was not suicidal because I did not feel loved. I knew my mom loved me. Right. I did not self-harm because I was not loved. I was alone. I was so lonely in my life. And so it's like, and these kids that I coach and why they call me the kid whisperer, like I'm no different from any other parent. I just know the right questions to ask. Right. To get your child to trust me. 
to feel safe with me because I don't judge them. Whatever they tell me, I've had kids come out that they're gay, transgender, they're drinking, they're doing drugs. Their parents have no freaking clue, but I know. And I teach them how to feel safe. And I teach their parents how to receive that information without judgment. And I yeah. teach the parents how to really connect with their child. Because all these people are like, oh, my kid talks to me. Oh, my kid talks to me. And I'm going to say, there's a, there's a small percentage of their kids too. And, you know, congratulations that you've been able to create that safe for your, safeness for your kids. Yep. But I, I didn't. I, I mean, I was that parent that didn't know how to do that. I do that now. Right. You know, it's really interesting, those two questions. Um, so, guys, you all know that I run a couple of different programs, uh, group coaching. I do a 30-day program, and then I have a master class, which is a little bit of a longer duration. Um, and the questions that I put in the workbooks are always around what is missing, what do you need answers to right now? And in fact, I want to share this with you just because it's super timely and it always is one that stumps everyone. And I've done this work and maybe you feel this way too, Vidu. Like once you've done it a few times, you almost start to take it for granted that it's hard the first time somebody sees it, right? So yeah. I just got a couple of messages today and one of the prompts that I gave was write a list of the questions that you urgently need answers to today. And then describe yourself in 10 words or less. And I feel happiest in my own skin when, and those for me fit right into that category that you're talking about right now, because they're mission critical questions that if not asked, we miss a, a development cycle. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in our thirties, late thirties, forties being asked these questions. And we're like, no one's ever asked me this before. I don't know how to answer these questions. And then you know what that does to people? I know what it has, what it did to me when I first started working with these types of questions. And I know what it does to people because they tell me they're like, it makes me feel dumb. It makes me feel alone. And you just use that word. It makes me feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And you have to be like, guys, you're not right. None of this is easy. It's because we've never been asked these questions as five-year-olds, as 10-year-olds, 15, 20, 20. No one asks you. They're asking you, where are you going to college? What are you going to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? When do you want to get married? How many kids do you, where do you want to live? No one's saying what do you need right now? What are 10 things that, what, what makes you feel amazing in your own skin? Insert child's name. Right. And the other thing is like, if we ask that question, what's missing or what you need, the next thing is like, what's preventing it? If somebody would ask me that, I felt alone. And if somebody said, what prevents you from feeling like you belong, I get teased. I feel like my skin is one color. I tried to erase my color when I was six years old behind my garbage can in my garage, you know, like, and people would have got to like, understand like, wow. So how can I help you appreciate that beautiful color? Let's right. look at other people that color and let's look at what they've done in their lives. Right. You know, what if, and they would have been able to take me on the what if trajectory in a positive way mm -hmm. versus the what if scenarios I was going on in my own head. Cause we, our brains will do that. We will, 
our brains will make us tell the truth. So if our truth is I'm not good enough, our brain is going to tell us why we are not good enough. It will never let you feel like you're a liar. Because it has to be on repetition. It's got to it be. Does. And whatever you repeat often enough is, is your truth, is your version is. of the truth. And you can change that truth. And I love that. I'm, I'm reading all your little notes as you wrote back to me and you use the word shift. And I just love that. You know, my, my program's called Make Shift Happen because I really, I love the story that Tony tells about Tiger Woods and making the two millimeter shifts. Like to me, yeah. And I'm like everything. And it's, it's interesting to relate to that because in yoga, I always tell people it's micro movements that change the entire pose. It's a tiny little press through the toe, anchor through the heel, engage a little muscle, and it shifts and changes your entire pose. And it's the same thing. And I love that you keep using like you, you know, you, you shift. Well, because that's what I do. Like with my clients, like like, when they're like, I don't know, you know, I say, okay, we'll stand up. Mm -hmm. Just take a baby step, a micromillimeter step to the right. How hard was that? And they're right. like, it wasn't. Okay. Right. So take the same opportunity because we don't have problems. We all have opportunity. I love Marie Forleo. Everything yes, is figureoutable. And so when we look at a problem as figureoutable or what I say is opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. If you were going to take that micromillimeter or two millimeters, Tony says, to the right, tell me one thing. Does that mean that you, you know, would kiss your husband on the forehead, mm-hmm. something simple to show yeah. that connection, yeah. you know, and if you took your two millimeter to the left, what would that look like? Would that mean that you would hold his hand on the couch for connection? Right. And I'm like, they're like, I don't know. I said, so let's try that just for the next seven days. I either want you to take the shift to the right or the shift to the left. And you tell me what changed or what didn't change. Right. Marsha. Every single one of them will say, I, I don't like I was doing it, but all of a sudden I felt loved. I said, Isn't oh, that amazing? Yeah, because as soon as you start to change, my friends, oh, it, your world changes. And like I opened up this conversation, as soon as you start to free yourself from the things that are getting in your way of being in this place of total self love, like it. People just start showing up and the world around you changes. I always tell people, I can't explain to you what happens after you go to a Tony Robbins event, after you've been at a leadership conference, whatever. It doesn't have to be Tony Robbins. It can be anything. Anybody. What happens is you change yourself in such a way that you start showing up different because you all of a sudden understand like, what do I deserve? Who am I? What am I grateful for? And then you don't want to tolerate anything different. And it's almost like you start to show other people your truest self. It's like I had an experience, Vinu, and I, I want to share uh, two years ago. Um, I realized that I had been robbing my husband from a really just having a full on intimate relationship with me. We had, he and I had great sex. We were very much in love. We have a beautiful family, but I 
realized that because of a terrible relationship that I had in the past, I wasn't letting myself be fully there with him. Wasn't. And I had to change that. He was all like, he didn't, and he didn't, the thing that's crazy is he didn't realize that I was doing it. I realized I was doing it. I cried. I'll never forget it. I told him, he was like, really? Like things are pretty good. I'm like, no, things are just about to get better. And I'm telling you, when you find that stuff coming up, like you said, guess what? I chose to hold on to that. I'm keeping that inside of me. No one else outside. Like, I can't even blame that person that I was in the relationship with truly because he wasn't capable of loving me the way I needed to be loved. You are so spot on. And I think it's one of those things with us that we shame our masculine in us mm-hmm. so much that we don't allow the feminine to come out because yeah. we think, because, because it's like, it's, we almost force the feminine, which is masculine, right? Like yeah, yeah. her because we, I can't be masculine. So then if I can't be masculine, who am I going to be? I got to be feminine. And just yesterday I was on a mastermind and Joanne Omer, who is amazing. I just booked my first session with her because the one thing I've been avoiding unconsciously that I know I need to work on is exactly what you just talked about. And so I was just telling my husband today, I said, let me tell you, I have a little gift for you. He's like, you do? And I said, yeah, I booked a session with this amazing woman who is an S-Factor, certified S-Factor coach, but she's going to help me go into my unconscious mind to figure out what the blocks are of why I'm not able to fully be with you. Because again, we have great sex. It's orgasmic. We love each other. He's the love of my life, but there's no, the connection could be better. Yeah. And it's not him. Yeah. It's fully me mm-hmm. and just go by going through a process yesterday that was really quick, but I was on a, a mastermind, right? So I couldn't, I didn't want to monopolize the time. So I just said, can I book a time with you? And like, so I am booked, paid, ready to go because I need to get rid of those unconscious thoughts that have been in my DNA. And God only knows, is it from a past, all the, uh, I was in the uh, batter woman syndrome for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is it because of that? Is it because when I was little, the culture I grew up in that you don't touch yourself? Like, I don't know what it is, but right. she's going to find it. And I'm willing to do the work. That's the right. second thing that has really sparked my relationship with my husband is I'm a certified behavior consultant. So I go beyond the disc personalities. I go in what motivates us and to my um, blind spot, economic and tangible is my motivator and it has been created because we were really poor when I was little and mm-hmm. we lived in a car and I watched my mom work two jobs, put herself through law school. So success and economics has always been what's been in front of me to be the person you need to be. And right. so unconsciously that has always driven me. So how great, cause I am who I am because of that. However, I've sacrificed the time with my loved ones to get success and economic gain to secure my future. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I ran this pattern for nine years that I so graciously created. My husband needs, he, his, his behavioral attitude that motivates him is inner awareness and spirituality. So he's all about balance and harmony and family and love and inner word and connectiveness. And I'm all about success and tangible. Mm-hmm. So those two don't come together. Just right, so right. you're a listener, you understand right. that when you're in that level, this economic shit doesn't matter to you. What matters to you is that you're balanced in all areas of your life. Right. And so part of being balanced is having that time with the people you love and being surrounded with that. So he has never followed through on any projects. He's a carpenter. And for nine months I was asking for my shower to be done. 
I would close my computer, turn off my phone, not take a call, put the kids away just to give him 45 minutes of my bitching and complaining, which by the way, is the worst thing you could do to a man is complain and criticize. But I did that and he took it. And I'm like, you must love this. What he loved was my undivided presence with him for the last nine years. Hence, the projects never got done on time because that was the only way unconsciously he learned how to get his wife's full presence. And having that 45 minutes of criticism each day was more important to him than not having any time with me. Mm-hmm. And he was not aware of that mm-hmm. until I figured it out once I did our assessments. And I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this is it. And why was our relationship so good in the beginning? Because we like couldn't get enough of each other. He had yeah. all my time. Even though I worked three jobs, I would find any 15 minutes to give him right. and connect with him. And I would drive to Charlotte every other weekend to spend the whole weekend with him. And nothing mattered on the weekend but him. And then all of a sudden we got into a relationship, moved in, got married, had kids. And it's like, oh, you don't have time for me now? I'm going to yeah. find time for you. So that's what we're talking about with presence, right? If you don't give your partner, your kids, yourself, mm. the presence... God's going to make you or your husband's going to make you or your kids are going to make you. Like I have a client that just had cancer and ended up in the hospital. And I kept telling him, I'm like, if you don't take time for him, for yourself, God's going to make you have time. He had plenty of time laying in the hospital, but. Well, you know, just a segue on that, you know, we've all been asking for things to slow down and to have more time and look at what the universe gave us. So careful what you wish for. It's what I will always say. So tell us just to, like I could talk to you for hours. I know. We have three separate um, segments and maybe, you know, maybe you will come back and join me another time and we'll talk about something love very to. specific. But let's tell us how all of this has culminated and the, what, what your business is, what you do. Um, and yeah, just give us a little bit about like how you've taken all of this life that you've lived and you've turned it into your passion and your, your gift to the world and your profession. So um, just to sum it all up, like everything I went through, I realized the gift and I realized that I was chosen. Mm-hmm. This didn't happen to me. This happened for me. Mm-hmm. And in knowing that I started out as a mindset coach and I still do that. Like, so when people need that identity shift, right. And to learn how to self build versus self beat, like, I definitely help people in that area. Um, And then I pivoted to working with kids on bullying, self-harm and suicide. And I created this big movement, bullyproof life movement. I wrote a book um, on bullying and self-harming and started doing that. And I'm like, okay, why isn't this working? It's not working because I got to get into the homes. Mm-hmm. So in order to get in the homes, like I am a full believer that you've got to clean up your own backyard before you go clean up on somebody else's. So, mm-hmm. and that quote is from my really good friend and mentor, uh, Lauren Lahav. Um, it's one of the things she taught me in 2008. And so I really, really worked on it before I even became a coach. And so if I was going to pivot into parenting, I had to figure out what would I want to teach? And my one son said to me when I was like, are you coming to Thanksgiving? He's like, why would I come to Thanksgiving? So you and Cameron, who's my older son, his older brother, can just criticize me. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, no matter what we do, it's not good enough for you. I'm like, me? You think that of me? Like, I've taken you to Tony Robbins. Like, what do you mean? I believed in you. That's why I grounded you when you got the C, because I knew you could do better. 
And he's like, yeah, but you never asked me what that C meant to me. You never asked me if that was the best I could do. You just assumed you knew me before I knew me. Mm. And I'm like, me? And that was that moment. Yeah. That was that moment. I, I pivoted and I realized I'm like, I got to get into the homes. I got to get to these parents. I got to help them through, again, stepping stones of my parenting. That's why I was a parent for two boys. Like when you look at parent coaches, a lot of them have these young kids or teenage kids. I got your outcome. I got the kids that get arrested and I had to learn my kids and what they do now as an adult is not a measurement tool if I was a good mom or not. Right. You know, so I take away the guilt. I take away the blame. I take away the shame. And I teach you to not worry about the labels of parenting. Like I just wrote an article on that. Just realize how do you get present with your kids and connect? And yeah. so I've taken all of that I've gone through and it just keeps moving me in another direction. And I don't know where this is going to be. I'm hope, like I'm working on a TV show. I'm, I just wrote my uh, ebook that's live on my website now on how to raise your child with self-esteem. I mean, I'm just constantly moving and grooving because like God just says, there's one more level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, you know, and I wake up every day and, um, 90% of the time, the first thought I have, sometimes the first thought I have is I really need coffee and I've got to go to the bathroom, but I wake up and I, you know, you keep saying that's what God has put me here to do. And I, I wake up every day and I just think, who am I here to serve? Oh, I love and that's, it. that's just what guides me forward and through. And, um, this has been such a tremendous treat. I don't, I don't even want to end this conversation. I, I think that I will um, ask for you to come back and we'll have another time together because there's a lot of other pieces to the story, to this conversation that I, I really want to make sure people hear. Um, but for now, you guys check her out, Venu. And it's, I mean, what I hope that you're hearing as well, which is, um, something that I teach, something that I practice. If you're in my life, you know that, um, and, I, and I joke about it, I'm like, I'm the most self-aware person up until I met Venu. Like, I honestly, it's like, I have some friends in my life who are very much similar where we're like, you know what? This is all me and I got to fix me. And I, and I love even how you just ended it. Like before you could take the next step and go do the next thing, you got to get your shit in order, your ducks in a row. You got to figure out where your pain points are. And, and the other thing that I want to want to say is that, you know, coaching, personal development, personal growth, guys, this is a lifelong journey, a lifelong experience. And listening to these conversations that I'm so honored that you wanted to have with me. Um, I hope that it gives you hope, that it gives you faith, that it gives you um, a, an understanding that you are not alone going through these things. And no, you don't have to run off and go to Tony Robbins. It's great. You don't. There's lots of other ways of finding a way to heal. Um, listening to a podcast can be a very great first step, but then getting into programs, finding communities, finding like-minded people, opening yourself up so the energy comes to you, um, I would say is really like, Cre create a circle, get out of your cage. Get out yes. of your cage. 
Oh, get out of your cage, yeah. create a circle and, you know, get a coach. Like I have a coach. Yeah. You know, I, I always have a coach. I always have a mastermind. I'm always in one mastermind or another. I'm in like three right now. Yeah. And, you know, because the learning never stops, oh, you know, yeah. and yeah. there's always another level. And, you know, like you start your morning off with great questions. I wake up and I, the first thing I do is thank God for opening my eyes. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. I used to pray to God to not open my eyes, and now I thank God to open my eyes. Yeah. Well, you know, I think he did, he actually did answer your prayers because, you know, if you, if you listen to the way you were living, you weren't really living. And then you made the choice for yourself to live. You're right. Yeah. He just did it in his own way. He did it in his own way. Um, I love uh, her signature says making visions a reality. And I think that um, that's the way I just want to end this conversation with Dinu because man, this woman's inspiring. Um, guys, thanks for listening today. We'll be back next week with another great conversation and be well healthy and take care of each other out there. Thanks for being with us Thank you. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for joining us and listening and tuning in wherever you are listening to your podcast. Keep on listening, sharing, enjoying, and hey, follow us on social media, Instagram, is msh underscore shift you can also follow me marcia m-a-r-c-i-a underscore hines h-o-f-f-h-e-i-n-s you can also find us on the book and join our makeshift tapping group it's a public open group we share goodies and information um visit my website marciahoffines.com sign up for the newsletter and we'll just keep you full of all the goodies, all of them, all the time. Talk to you soon.